Hello, and welcome to the State of State. I'm your host, MC, here at WKNC Raleigh. The State of State is a new public affairs show aimed at creating a better sense of community here at NC State. And it operates off of listeners' ideas, listeners just like you. So if you know of anything or anyone on campus doing something worth sharing, we would love to hear your ideas at stateofstate at wknc.org. Tonight's show is also available in a podcast at wknc.org backslash stateofstate. Tonight, our show features the Windover Literary Magazine here at NC State. I went to open mic night, and here's a bit of what I heard. Chuck's room, I can sit on the roof of the side porch with my legs crossed, my hands on the warm grit of the shingles, and look down into the yard of the safe house. The tall wooden fence separating the two properties is just a line. There is a worn playset with one red swing and one blue swing, a toy dump truck, a naked baby doll with a mat of synthetic blonde hairs, and no grass, not even a weed, just dirt. A dried up sludge of earth, pounded by the feet of children I never see, pounded by the rain of late afternoon summer storms, pounded by a black woman who throws her cigarette butt down, her heel pounding the last bit of fire and smoke into the yard of her children's new home. This one um, actually came out of an assignment for Dory and Fox's class. If any of you haven't finalized your schedule for next semester and you're thinking about taking a poetry class, I highly recommend Dory Ann Fox. Um, she's pretty awesome. She's from Oregon. She was a donut maker and a waitress and a poet for the past, I think, 15 years, and she is an awesome lady. Um, and this poem is not a slant on college education. I encourage all of you to finish your education, even if it takes you five and a half years like it. A college education. The cans of soup line the shelves of aisle nine. Row upon row of uniform ounces with their labels, brands, and prices. Produced in thousand gallon tanks in the factories of somewhere America. Standard cooking process applied and then ejected by machine into a perfect cylindrical metal, metal can. The varieties don't vary from year to year. Condensed tomato, New England-style clam chowder, chicken noodle, chicken and rice, chicken and stars, chicken and rice. Okay, so this is the last poem that I wrote. Um, please don't. Can I skip one? Please don't turn me into the RPD for this one. But, uh, <laughs> This summer was pretty awesome. This is probably the best summer of my college career I've ever had. 
and um, I'm glad that it was a good one because it was my last college summer. The swim. How we swam that night in the pool behind the Holiday Inn. We walked from my apartment up the hill with the dusty indigo of the city glow. The summer air folding around us. We stopped in at the corner bar. Two packs and two Bell's Ales to go. I ordered from the tall man behind the bar. You got it, doll, he smiled, leaving the caps untouched. The goods safely tucked into my purse, we strolled back into the night. How we walked and talked, towels adorning our shoulders, the bottles clinking with my left step, a sticky sweat growing beneath our swimsuits. We were drunk on the sweet simplicity of summer. With ease, we jumped the fence, shed the top layer, and dove right in. The water was waiting for us. Time hung still in the humanity. Few words were said. The rhythm of the train rocking on the tracks, the buzz of the streetlights, the crescendo of the water, it was our summer song. Oh, how we swam that night. Our only audience, the empty brown bottles lined up in a row. How we twirled on the water, fluid and limitless, spiraling to the surface to meet with a single kiss. Okay. And then I'm going to read this one. This one's going back. Matthew Dickman um, is from his first book of poetry. And um, I learned about Matthew Dickman because of Dorian. And I have to read it in a week for a project. So I figured I'd go ahead and um, share some really good poetry with you guys. It's called The Mysterious Human Heart. The produce in New York is really just produce. Oranges and cabbage, celery and beets, Pomegranates with their hundred seeds, carrots and honey, walnuts and 13 varieties of apples. On Monday morning, I will walk down to the market with my heart inside me, mysterious, something I will never get to hold in my hands, something I will never understand, not like the apricots and potatoes, the, the albino asparagus wrapped in damp paper towels, the tips like the spark of a match, the bunches of daisies, almost more weed than a flower, the clementine, the sausage links, and chicken hung in the window, facing the street where my heart is president of the Association for Land of Desire. A series of complex yays and nays, where I pick up the plantain, the ginger root, the sprig of cilantro that makes me human, makes me a citizen with the right to vote, to bear arms, the right to assemble and fall in love.
Reed reading a few of her poems and Joy Perenicio performing a few of her songs at the Windover Open Mic Night. I sat down with the editor-in-chief, Joe Wright, to discuss the Windover. I want to start with your name and your position. Um, my name is Joe Wright, and I am the editor-in-chief of Windover, literary and arts magazine. And how long have you been the editor of the Windover? Uh, this is my second year as editor-in-chief. So as editor-in-chief, what do you do? Um, basically, I think my job is to sort of construct the magazine and um, the ideas that go along with it and spend a lot of time sort of trying to bring the multiple forms of art together through a single production. Um, a lot of what I do is I select all the material for the magazine and I uh, sort of try to establish a theme every year and... And I, a general guiding principle behind the magazine, something that we're working towards. And so, yeah, I guess that's what I do. And you're saying the magazine, we're assuming that people know what the Windover is, but what is the Windover if you've never heard of it before? 
All right. The uh, the Wendover is the literary and arts magazine of NC State. It's produced through student media, so it's official and everything. And um, yeah, it was started back around um, Vietnam as sort of a something to give a creative voice to students, like a public outlet, a way for them to get what they want to say out. And uh, it continues to this day for the very same purposes, um, sort of a way to give. NC State's creative voice, a public avenue, a way to be published and a way to be heard is our goal and our mission. And why is it called the Windover? Um, the Windover is a bird which comes from a uh, Gerard Manley Hopkins poem, which is entitled The Windover, and uh, begins, I caught this morning, morning's minion. And uh, it's it's all about basically this bird that is almost ineffably beautiful. Um unbelievably beautiful and to the, it's a it's a symbol of art so i guess that's where we pull our name from and what forms of art you said that you get to kind of be in on the selection process so what all do you guys include is it just writing or what all can people submit um it is obviously writing prose and poetry we also accept essays pretty much anything that you can send in we'll accept and take a look at and potentially publish. Um, we've even had people submit like lines of code and stuff, which we've used in some of our design elements before. Because NC State, obviously, is a very diverse community, and we want the book to reflect that. Um, as far as art goes, we take photography, we take elements of design, in design illustration, we take um, actual visual art, whether it's been photographed or scanned in, however you prefer to do that, we'll accept that. And... Um, Literary-wise, we take poetry, prose, essays, anything, like I said. And also, um, what a lot of people don't realize is we produce a CD every year of um, music from NC State. Students, faculty, staff, and alumni, um, to sort of give that a voice, to produce a compilation CD every year that comes out with the book. So it's a lot of fun. And if you're going to submit something, how do you go about doing that, and when is the deadline to submit? Thank you for asking. Um, I probably should have mentioned that earlier, but the uh, the way to submit is all everything's through email. We have three email addresses for any literary work. Email to literary at windover.ncsu.edu. Visual art is visual at windover.ncsu.edu, and audio is audio at windover.ncsu.edu. If you didn't get those addresses, if you go to ncsu.edu/windover has all of our submission details and how to go about it and how to attach the documents and the file names and everything there so that information is available on the internet. Please check it out. By what date do they have to uh, Yes, I forgot that. Uh, our priority deadline is December 1st, which is, you know, preferable that you have it in by that date, but our absolute final deadline is December 22nd. And after that, we can't accept anything else because of our production schedule for the year. But, yeah. And when does this literary magazine come out, and how do you obtain a copy? Um, it comes out in the spring every year, normally in uh, mid-April to late April. Last year, we released it on April 20th. And um, we always have a big reception and, like, an open mic deal. And it's a lot of fun. So um, once it does come out, just look around campus, basically, and you'll find them. We put them in Tally Student Center in the Caldwell-Winston area and Witherspoon Student Center 
And also, the best way to do it is to come out to the reception. We always have refreshments and a lot of fun, people hanging out, picking up a copy of the book. So keep an ear open on WKNC. We'll start running PSAs, let you know when that is. Um, are there other ways for students to be involved with the Windover, like production-wise or anything, or they just submit things? Um, yeah. Well, the, the thing is we do we do keep a very small staff to sort of make things a little bit more manageable. But uh, students that want to be involved can be involved through the process of what's called being a reader. Uh, if you're interested in that, contact literary at windover.ncsu.edu. But basically it sort of serves as a, a given opinion on submissions and it's application process. We only have but so many spots and uh, we're about full this year. But if you want to, certainly come check out Student Media, Windover, Agrimac, all the different parts, WKNC, and get involved. And sort of a lot of times we'll pull people from other forms of media to work for Windover. Um, so that's probably the best way to get involved, just to get involved with student media in general. But, you know, sum submitting is what keeps Windover coming out every year. So people that submit are more involved than anyone else. Uh, what's the most bizarre piece of work that you've received through the Windover? Um, I I don't know if I should say that on air for the risk that people will be listening. But um, wow, let me think for a second. I've the one of the most bizarre things I actually put in the book, which was uh, it's very it was drug use and sex and everything that can possibly go wrong and you know, FCC standards, and uh, it was a picture, and so we put it in the book because we're Windover, and we love freedom of speech, and we can. Um, I've seen some pretty zany stuff, but one thing that I sort of tell people, because a lot of times we get submissions that's they're almost like apologetic, you know, don't be apologetic at all because the crazier something is, you know, the more fun it is for me to sit there and read it over and over, so don't yeah don't anything is anything is fair game at Windover we're a print publication which means that we can one part of student media that can sort of put forward anything we want to um so the crazier the better I guess which really doesn't answer your question but it's what I felt like saying this is the state of state with MC we're going to take a short break if you are just tuning in and want to hear any of this again please check out our podcast at wknc.org backslash state of state. We'll be back in a few moments with more coverage of the Windover's open mic night. State of State. If you are just tuning in, tonight's show features the Windover Open Mic Night in Caldwell Lounge here at North Carolina State University. Up next, we have a few poems by Tej Patel and a bit of music from Jeremy Gilchrist. Hi. Um, so I didn't know we had the mic for 10 to 15 minutes, but I brought one poem and I scribbled another one in the back, so entertain you for 10 more seconds there. Um, first one's called Poetry and Monopoly. Contemporary poets complain 
published poetry brings in monopoly money. But we work for it and keep working, as if mining for solid Californian gold. We become waiters and waitresses, serving by day, writing come night, and sleeping when we have the time. We drop out of high-paid career choices or come back years later to complete English degrees because we're not after material or real money. We just want people to carry our books like they're the last things on earth. Like a dog would salivate over a large piece of raw steak, that's the kind of hard salivation we want. We call a woman ugly in 12 lines and win her love back in two more. We turn gum sidewalks and moth-eaten curtains into works of art. We add hyphens between two random words and they're called jokes of a genius because we're just that good. We cannot shower and live off pot and coffee for days. We can smoke and get high and drunk. It's acceptable because people think of us as overly emotional and depressed artists that need chemicals to produce their next big artistic grandee. We are poets who let people know when we're pissed and in love and where we're and made love. We do things like make titles longer than poems themselves. We write lines like I'm a pumpkin and the hot roof of this world because we can and you can't stop us because all we're getting for it is monopoly money. The next one's called writing. Um, we're all obsessed with writing. So here it goes. Writing is like the male subspecies. You hate it, but you love it more. It screws with your head. And once you start doing it, you can't stop. Nothing you say disappoints it. You can humiliate it, rip it apart, tell it to go itself. It comes back the next morning, smiling with a gift you can't refuse. And you start doing it, again. There's always enough, and anytime you need it, it's there. Hello everybody, I'm Jeremy Gilchrist. Good to see you guys again. I uh, finally escaped from meteorology jail for a little while. Alright, this is a song off my album called The Businessman. It's hard to face yourself when you stare through the eyes of every mind you slain. You stand in a pool of yourself, you open doors of a subway train. You are the 
of the living dance with the silence of the dead in perfect unison round my head Thanks very much and uh, if you are interested in the albums I have, there's a couple of them up there on the counter, you can take a look at them It's called uh, People of the Post-Artist World. Anyway, this next one is called The Futurist Home at all. 
Yields to conviction, and we're all to blame. Let us sit back and marvel at the Since I played live, at least four or five months, and probably at least a month since I've even picked up a guitar. School schedule, so it's good to be out here again. This next one is called The Revolutionary, and I think it might be my last. Tell the radio towers 
Something happening here. What it is ain't exactly clear. There's a man with a gun over there telling me I've got to. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going down. Stop here. What's that sound? Everybody look what's going, it's going Towers down. 
you guys very much. I'm Jeremy Gokas once again. Find my stuff at myspace.com slash Jeremy Gokas. And on the album, a lot of those songs actually feature other artists, so I don't know. Obviously, they're kind of more full bandish. But anyway, thank you once again. And my poetry reading virgin, so no throwing tomatoes, please. Um, this first poem is uh, written in response to I was uh, fortunate enough to go to France a couple years ago and go to the Musée d'Orsay and see some of these Impressionist uh, works in person, and it was really cool. So, this first one is titled A Monet in Person. A Monet in Person does not astound, rather, it seduces softly. You see that it is nothing like the half-toned photos in snooty coffee table books, the strokes not smashed onto the canvas in a passion, but clearly visible, delicate, and discerning, and how you crave to touch, to graze your fingers over the ridges of hardened paint, the infinitesimal lines left by filaments of sable, the faultless yellow of the early autumn sky, and how quickly you had forgotten it, the leaves crunching on the, gr on the ground. In the distance between feral and canvas, you can live for a while. See what it is to be him, caressing canvas with brush, always consistent, always just kissing the tip of the surface like a cautious, gentle lover. The next one is called Tomb. The day after my grandfather died, as I descended into the cellar, the dangerously steep stairs moaned. I remembered as I inhaled the smell of rust and old paint, dust-covered furniture like fur. I made my rounds among relics of childhood, the retro train set, strips of metal with model houses in plastic pieces, tumbling out of little boxes half-assembled, holding the same position since the day my uncle discovered girls 30 years ago. The seashell collection, unexotic as a pot roast, gathered from walks along the Connecticut coastline and arranged in piles according to type. My mother's Dawn dolls in the corner, a skew on broken chairs, plastic skin turning orange, still proud in their mod makeup and heavy eyeliner. I thought about the books, yellowed and fading, and the dust gathering in mounds over the corpses of flies like grass over a grave. This one is called Scripture Stricture. He bulges out of the ground, piggish for sin, his ruddy pate dripping like an overripe apple. The masses clog around him, clamoring for a speech. He clips their tongues, basting them with oily fat words from the mouth of a white book. He wails the words of Jeremiah and Nehemiah and all those others, while his corn cob of a wife chases after her pale, buttery blonde children and meekly passes along the badly drawn brochures, the never-ending ethereal ephemera. Infused with fury, the guilty raise a riotous outcry, sometimes hurling crumpled tracks from the back of the crowd. But the masses, steeping in apathy, focus on their feet as they pass. Still he condemns them, howling his heresy and blind to truth. He imagines them, his hateful hell-bound hell flock, and he their stainless savior. This is called Old Man of Autumn. He came to comb the leaves from lavender, that old man of autumn. I watched from a distance as I sat on a bench in the garden of a well-to-do friend. We both were visitors. Cold came early that September in a bright, brief spasm, shredding the leaves from the trees, not expecting the stubborn sun to rally as it did, 
and battle on in a blazing finale before surrendering to the inevitable winter. He wove his way through the floribundas, rake in hand, absorbing the sunlight with skin the color of brick, a salty film twinkling over his beard, red cheeks straining across the bone like thinly stretched rubber. Wise arms oblivious to the heat, he piles the leaves with efficiency, dumping them into collapsible buckets. And then the old gardener paused with reverence, bent close to the ground, closed his eyes, and buried himself in the fragrant purple blossoms. My last one is called Watching You Play, and I wrote it about a new relationship two years ago. I will never forget you, ripe and incredulous, glowing with amber light, candular fingertips burning the ivory with tickling licks of flame. You, new and sweet and strong in a city of scrap metal, camouflaged in the architecture, verdant oak of a man. I watched you from the warm pocket of your bed, the memory of me in your hands, and the flushed focus of your eyes, your hands flitting over the keys, blooming in the dewy morning of us. Good evening, everyone. My name is Fred, and this is my first reading. It's just one, so. An old friend named Loneliness has come to visit me today. I accommodate this guest, though I fear she might stay longer than welcome. You see, when she comes, I'm unable to suggest to her that she leave. She has this close group of friends, and when she does leave, two of those friends named Dependency and Vulnerability always force their way inside. They are much less tolerable. So here I lounge with loneliness. She does not require me to actively entertain her. She's quite content to stare at me with her gray eyes as I lie reading or resting. Occasionally, I will look at her to see if she has some need that I might attend to, but she just smiles to indicate that she has no other desire than to quietly keep me company. Sometimes when I leave the room, uh, when I return, I can tell she's been crying. The tears of loneliness are not wet tears. Her, her tears consume her whole body. She looks down at nothing in particular, and her breathing becomes shallow. Her arms and legs droop lifelessly, and her silver hair scatters everywhere. I try to comfort her with words, but she doesn't respond. I try to hug her, but her body is limp, so I just sit and wait. Eventually, she looks up at me. I should go, she says. You can stay if you need to, I respond. No, I should go.
This is the State of State, and you just heard original works by Megan Witzke and Fred Eaker. The floor was then opened up for anyone to read at the Windover's open mic night. Two people came forward. First, Jacob Goldbass, followed by Sam Brubaker. Hi. Hello. I have uh, some poems. And then I have some other poems. The first ones are mine. And then the other ones are going to be other people's. Uh, What's your name? Oh, sorry. Uh, my name is uh, Jacob Goldbass. And uh, I'm a poet. <laughs> All right. Now, are you guys ready for these poems now? Actually, can we do one, one thing as like a family? I so I just want to I want to like start with uh, something by Dr. Seuss. So when I say something, you guys just say fish. All right. So I'll say something, then you guys say. It. So uh, just one. I'm gonna say a word, then you guys say fish. Ready? One, fish. two, fish. red, fish. blue. Fish. That's all. I like that. That's a poem. Okay. This one's called. Speech and debate. She don't like him. She just needs the entertainment. She gets a ride on the side from the replacement. Breaks it off when things get boring. And her loathsome ways turn into ignoring. She's got a happy smile for the wild child. She's patient, but not that patient. Climbing up the social ladder and calling them all as if it mattered. Sitting down at the cafeteria table, I could see our relationship start to crumble and then twist and jive and turn into something bigger than what we were. She don't like him, she once saw herself in his eyes, as she thinks if she had a magical cell phone as a lifeline, she thinks if she had one big piece of tape, she could repair anything and no one would go away. All right, here's another one. Uh, mama's babies, daddy's maybes. I loved Amy, but she went crazy. It was because she was knuckle deep in Shawstown. Booger wooger, tissue issues. Sneezing, pleasing, bleeding, cheesing, eating. Knuckle deep in Schnauztown. He saw Solly falling down with Dolly into a tub of goo. As he chased her, his thoughts erased her, and she went knuckle deep in Schnauztown. Susan's losing, but not her choosing. Suzanne is darn to be. Heart hitting, smitten, love kitten, snoozing. Because she lost her car keys. All knuckle deep in Schnoztown. All knuckle deep in Schnoztown. Okay, that was that. <laughs> okay. Um, the rest will be memorized. So I'm that good. Uh, <laughs> all right. This is called Robert Randall. Robert Randall, Robert Randall. 
you borrowed books about King Kong and took them out for just so long that when the library began ran calling, you began a ran scrawling, a new name for the library. But it was a pseudonym, and though not scary to that library, you must confess it was my address that you put this new Judd Berry. Oh, Robert, what a scandal. Robert, Robert, Robert Randall. That was that, all right? Um, okay. Uh, this one's called Bethany. So, uh, yes, there is life after Beth, trying as one might to love her to death. Because trying so hard means you did your best, doesn't mean she'll ever say yes. You'll see each other again at the grocery mart. Like victimized villagers, you'll both look up with a start. Maybe before his hurt, we'll again begin to smart. Simply push along your shopping cart. There are fates worse than heaven or hell, like terrible car rides, if that rings a bell, where talking is creeping upon eggshells and your soul is absent so far as you can tell. So take it from me and don't wish for death because you're here right now and you're not there yet. All right. So those are all the poems I wanted to read by me. And I've got a couple by some really good people. Uh, this is Sonnet 36 by Shakespeare. Uh, and i, I got to give you some uh, vocabulary before we go into it. <laughs> Journey into me, you know, into the poem with me. Uh, the first, first thing is uh, twain, for Shakespeare means uh, separated, like away from each other. And uh, blots. Uh, Tina, do you know what blots means? Audrey? It's kind of like, like a black spot. Like an ink blot. Um, but for Shakespeare, they meant problems. So. Let me confess that we too must be twain, although our undivided loves are one. So shall those blots that do with me remain without thy help by me be born alone. In our two loves there is but one respect, though in our lives a separable spite, which though it alter not love's sole effect, yet doth it steal sweet hours from love's delight. Hold on. Right. I may not evermore acknowledge thee, lest my bewailed guilt should do thee shame, nor thou with public kindness honor me, unless thou take that honor from thy name. But do not so, I love thee in such sort, as thou being mine, mine is thy good report. Uh, this is called, this next one's called If by Rudyard Kipling. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good, nor talk too wise. If you can think and not make thoughts your master, if you can dream and not make dreams your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken, twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, 
or see the things that you've given your life to broken and stupid build them up with worn out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it in one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone and so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on! If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue or walk with kings nor lose the common touch. If neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you but none too much. If you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, Yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and which is more, you'll be a man, my son. Wait, wait, I got one more. This one's uh, untitled by E.E. E. Cummings. May my heart always be open the little birds who are the secrets of living. Whatever they sing is better than to know, and if men should not hear them, men are old. May my mind stroll about strong and thirsty and fearless and supple, and even if it's Sunday, may I be wrong. For whenever men are right, they are not young. And may I do nothing so usefully, and may I love you so more than truly. There's never been quite such a fool who could fail, pulling all the sky over him with just one smile. Thank you. My name is Sam Brubaker, and this is also my first time, so <coughs> I might be a little clumsy, and it might be over all too fast, but just try to understand. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't smoke, so I'm not sure what I'm going to do afterwards either. So. Okay, this first poem. Settle down. This first poem is by Scott Emmons. I tried a low-flow toilet once, a greener kind of loo. It wasn't quite the best I've had, I rank at number two. I applaud the good intentions, but I stand by my critique. The spirit may be willing, but the flush is all too weak. That's the first one. My second one is by me, and is uh, on a similar subject. I know that water's precious, and that reservoirs run dry. But the rules of conservation to the bathroom don't apply. We could settle for a trickle, but let's get mad instead. Let's bludgeon all our landlords with these low-flow shower heads. That's, that's, all I've, that's all I've prepared. And, uh, this next part is actually not poetry, but uh, a musical performance of my own that I also haven't had a chance to do. Um, on uh, in front of a microphone, so we're going to see how this goes. I'm going to make noises with my mouth. <laughs> ready? <laughs> 
Спасибо. That is all we have for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in to WKNC 88.1 for the State of State. I'm MC, and a special thanks goes out to all those involved in making this show possible. Remember to send your show ideas to stateofstate at wknc.org. Also, a special thanks goes out to all those that performed at the Windover's Open Mic Night. Remember to submit your own personal work to the NC State's literary magazine, The Windover. Tonight, I will leave you with Joel Mickelson's interpretation of Gerard Hopkins' The Windover. Good night. This morning, morning's minion, the kingdom of daylight's dolphin, dappled dawn, drawn falcon, in his riding in the rolling level, underneath him steady air and striding high there, how he roamed upon the rain of a wimpling wing, in his ecstasy then off, off, forth on swing, as his skate's heel sweeps smooth on a bow bend, the hurl and gliding rebuffed the big wind, my heart in hiding stirred for a bird, the achieve of the mastery of the thing. Brute beauty and valor and act, O air, pride, bloom, here buckle, and the fire that breaks from thee then a billion times told love there, more dangerous, O my chevalier. No wonder of it. Sheer plod mates plow down silly and shine, and blue bleak embers, ah, my dear, fall, gall themselves, and gash gold vermilion. I caught this morning, morning's minion. Thank you.